Welcome back to the Decoy Doggers podcast. Today we're talking with Eric Logue. He's a dogger out in, in Wyoming. Uh, he runs a couple of Kelpie dogs. Uh, had a pretty good conversation with him, so stay tuned. Coyote coming in. Eric, we appreciate you joining us on the channel today. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're at and your dogs and um, kind of how you got into decoying. So I'm out in like central Wyoming, I don't know, like two hours west of Casper. But I've always just kind of been into dogs. I had bird dogs growing up and then, I don't know, about 2010, I got into hounds. And then after I ended up having a couple kids and got out of the hound dog game and kind of started to get into coyote hunting and thought decoy dogging would be a good way to like extend my hunting season. Yeah. And it definitely does that. I mean, we're, we're dang near year round. I mean, it doesn't always work during the summer or whatever, or spring or winter and whatnot, but, but otherwise it definitely extends our season, doesn't it? Oh, it definitely does. Um, so how long have you been using dogs? Um, well, I've got a dog probably, I'd say it's probably 2017 from an old timer that's just next town over. He gave me a dog and heck, first time I took dog out, well, we got out there, realized we didn't have any batteries for the call. So I just pulled <laughs> out an old, oh, pulled out an elk call, uh-huh. started squealing it. And sure enough, here comes a coyote blazing over the hill and dog took off good after him and I remember sitting there watching his dog just chase him over the hill and me and my buddy are sitting there laughing because we had no idea really what to expect. Right. And we're sitting there laughing, laughing, and I'm looking on the GPS and I was like, well, I guess he's coming back. And when he come back, he had two of them right on his ass. <laughs> and of course, you know, the usual thing, come, they come running right in and my buddy shoots him at about 40 yards That's right cool. off the bat. And that was kind of kind of where I got into it. So how old was that dog when oh, you got him? Oh, he had him? been probably four, probably four or five. Okay. And so had he been out decoying before? Yeah, he'd been out decoying. Okay. So so you kind of had an upper hand. I mean, that's 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 almost cheating, isn't it, if you get a dog that's... that's uh, uh, would you call him started or would you call him a finished dog? Or what would you have called him at that time? Um, I would have called him started, but okay. that's about the only time he ever did anything really good. Right. Okay. So that... then I got to work. Go ahead. Yeah, I got to work. He load load him up or anything. He'd try to bite you, trying to load him, and we'd go out and call him coyotes. And then after that, for whatever reason, couldn't get him to leave your side. Oh, really? So I don't know if that was just a fluke or not. What kind was he? He was. Part Kemmerker is what I remember the guy telling me. Okay. Um, so then then what? So that dog didn't work for you and, and you moved on from him or do you still have him? No, I don't have him no more. Okay. So then I ended up trying a couple other dogs. I got a big old silver lab and I've tried her and never had a whole lot of luck with her. They'd kind of come over the hill and see her and they'd usually just take off, and of course, she, you know, she wasn't paying attention for him either. Right. And then, I don't know, this, then I ended up getting this Kelpie, 
mail uh, from a buddy outside of town here. And what is he? I think he just, he just turned three, but he didn't really turn on much until last year. For so me. did you get him as a pup? Yeah, I got him as a like an eight week old pup. Okay. So how did you start him? Just by taking him. Yeah. yeah. A whole lot of trial and error. Well, and I think that's the thing that most guys that I talk to that are trying to get into decoying, I think the biggest thing that they're worried about is not knowing how to do it. And I'll be honest with you, that's all of our fears to begin with, right? I mean, um, when I started, it was that same thing. Am I going to mess the dog up? I'm not going to know what to do, yada, yada. And really what it comes down to is just go, and that dog will teach you as much as you're going to teach it. Yeah, because, like, what I've noticed with it is, uh, like, with bird dogs, you can set up scenarios or trainings. With the lion hounds I had, you'd go out and trap tunes and set up trainings and this and that. But as far as the decoy dog, you just got to go. Yeah, and, you know, Al Morris actually, on the last podcast, gave me a, a great tip on teaching them how to go out go out to house, which I'm actually going to implement on this on one of these pups that I still have, uh, this last litter. But, um, but there, so there are some training tics, tips that can help, um, you know, prepare a dog for, for the first interactions with coyotes. But, um, but really it's, you're not going to know what kind of dog you have until you get out there. Um, and, and like you said, you know, this dog of yours that you've got, what's his name? His name's Howie. Okay. So he probably didn't, uh, um, turn on for a couple of different reasons did he ever get bit no he never got bit okay and actually one day i was calling and i don't know he was down in i don't know maybe some two foot tall brush and he was kind of working his way back up towards me and there was a coyote coming in that he didn't see yeah and that coyote about 15 feet behind him and i'm sitting there just rooting for for that coyote to come up and nip him on the butt or something to get his attention yeah Dog comes towards me, and the coyote just kind of slinked off. Oh, really? Huh. Well, and and I was gonna say, you know, there's there's reasons. Maybe it got bit. Maybe it's, and maybe it's just not territorial enough. Maybe it's, you know, what I mean. But as soon as they get the game, boy, it it's just yeah. that switch goes on in their heads, and and it's game on. So, uh, but it's interesting. He took what two two and a half years for you to kind of turn on. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, because probably. I'd say when he was a year old, I called in a pair, and he went running right down to him. And then, of course, I was with the guy, and he come back, and Kyle followed him up, and that guy I was with. He ended up shooting the first one. Yeah. And at that time, I had a hula cross pup, and I didn't have a collar or nothing on him. And it was after that I'd actually seen a thing where you talked about tying him off, and yeah. this was before that. So I didn't have him tied off and that other one took off and that little pup, he could only been four months old. He took off after that other coyote. Yeah. And luckily they got out there about 600 yards and I just hollered at him. I was like, well, I'm not too worried about spooking coyote or anything. So I hollered at the dog and he'd come back and that coyote followed him right back up and we ended up getting that second coyote too on that one. That was kind of the first, first go around for my Kelpie as far as going at the coyotes and then. Yeah, and then it really wasn't until last year until all of a sudden something just clicked, and he's been doing pretty decent ever since. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's why I'm, I've been a little bit um, 
cautious. I actually tried uh, Idaho Shag, and I know there's some guys that swear by them for decoying, and, and I'm not saying that that they're, you know, they don't have what it takes. It's just this one particular that I tried didn't have what it took. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. But um, but my thought was, you know, with a lot of these herding breeds, a lot of times they're not overly aggressive. They're super smart. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But a lot of times they're just not aggressive enough to be a, um, a, a dog that's going to go out and challenge a territory of a coyote. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Is Do you think there's validity there or do you th- just think that's just been my experience personally? I mean, mine, like, yeah, he's with like other domestic dogs he doesn't like other males uh-huh. but then on a coyote he seems like he plays it really smart with them but yeah but yeah i mean it's you know just going going to kill he does like even you know when i do knock one down here and there for him he's not overly aggressive on them well so when you say he's aggressive to other dog males you know what i mean in in what situation is that when somebody comes to your place or is that when you're just out and about can, somewhere with him, it's just about anywhere. Okay. Because I was going to say, almost any dog is going to be territorial of, of their home, right? Their home base, right? Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I had an old lab like that. She was the sweetest dog there ever was, you know, out out and about. But you'd come around her truck or around her house, and she was kind of honoring. Yeah. Well, and I, this always frustrates me when when people show up with their dogs to my house. You know what I mean? I just know that if my dogs are loose, there's going to be a fight. Um, again, they're not going to do anything uh, to that dog. Maybe if we're out and about, you know, if meet at the store or meet at the the out in the brush somewhere. But you bring him to my house. It, my my horseshoer does this. He brings his dog, you know, his, his healer every time he comes and shoes my horses. And it just kind of frustrates me a little bit because I know my dogs are going to be territorial of my house and my property. Yeah. But anyway, that makes sense. So you're a you're a big time coyote hunter outside of just decoying. I was that uh, you hunted the best of the best this last year, didn't you? Yeah, we've done that. We've ran that circuit like pretty hard the last two years. Yeah, and I did you win it this last year or second or I th- think I remember you uh, up there. So for the circuit, we got uh, we won it not this last season but the season before. Okay, and then we ended up taking second in it this last season. Okay, yeah, and that's a that's a pretty big hunt. I think it's gotten a little bit smaller since COVID and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, it's a pretty good, good hunt, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's fun. The guys that put it on do a really good job on it. Yeah. Um, is there the, is there the rules the, against dogs in that? Yep, no dogs. Yeah. What's your What's your opinion there? Uh, well, as far as me, like my dog doesn't really, or at least I've yet to see him really track one down or anything. Yeah. So you're not looking for recovery. You, you don't take one for recovery then. No. See, and that's in. Um, I was talking. No, not. I've done a few of these podcasts now, so I don't even remember who I was talking to about it. But it's like they said on on um, decoy. You know, running running um, competitions. You want to be in and out on those stands, and so yeah, I can yeah. see where you don't want the dog there because the dog, if a coyote decoys, it's going to be in the winter, so it's probably not going to anyway. But um, 
you know, you're not going to let it decoy anyway because you're trying to make a 10 minute stand and move to the next one. Right. But I still knock down. Yeah. And I'm just still a big advocate about, you know what, the recovery part. It, it, uh, is why I think it'd be nice to have a dog on a competition, but anyway. Yeah. And I don't know. In all honesty, I haven't actually knocked down that many coyotes in front of my dogs. Oh yeah. They've worked quite a few. Just, I usually just kind of in the mindset that I take my rifle for backup if they need it or whatever. And just let the dogs do what they do. And if I don't shoot a coyote, I'll come back and get them in the winter. Right. Well, um, that's, that's why I think that, you know, when you get into the decoy game, you have to learn to be patient on pulling the trigger. But once you figure it out that if you are patient, you're going to get a whole bunch of action with the dog. Yeah. Coyote shooting the coyotes, you know, far down on the list of, of priorities at that point. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I kill probably a higher percentage just because when they come in during the summer, they decoy and they decoy hard, which means they're going to be in front of me for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And that's the morning. It was probably, I went out first thing this morning and had a pair that worked pretty good. And heck, I think I was on that stand for 45 minutes. <laughs> and see, you wouldn't do that on a regular coyote hunt, right? whether it's competition or not, if you don't have a dog, you're killing it first time at standstill within 250 yards, right? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, if you're on that stand for 45 minutes, it's just a show. I mean, it's better than going to the movie theater, in my opinion. Yep, I agree on that. Yeah. Um, so are you running two dogs right now, or are you just running the Kelpie? Uh, I got a female Kelpie too, but she's only just barely over a year old. Oh, okay. So she just is kind of fresh eyes on coyotes right now. Yeah. Like today, you know, when we went out, she was going out with my other dog, but then she'd, you know, she wouldn't go the whole way with him and yeah. she'd come back, but at least we're starting to go out a little further with him this time. Well, so, and I don't know if that's a thing with females, um, but uh, most of the females I've ever had, and of course I'm, you know, I'm I'm black mouth cur guy, but uh, my my females typically stay closer. They don't range out nearly as far, and I don't know why that is. I don't, you know, but but you even think about it, like on a den for a coyote, right? They don't leave the den as much as or as far as what the male's going to. So I think there's something to that that a female just now there's anomalies in my opinion that. The you know females there might be a few females that go farther and harder, but man I've had I don't know I've had probably what four females and they they hold closer to me they they're a four hundred yard at most dog you know what I mean but usually it's only about yeah. two hundred two hundred fifty um, so as you're going through that with her. It's like I tell everybody, every dog's different anyway, and let the dog be what it's going to be. But when I run a female, I, in my mind, I've already decided that it's just going to be a dog dog that's going to work closer. It's not going to go out nearly as far. Yeah, because, yeah, my male, he'll go out. Gosh, I think he was out at about 800 yards at one point today. Yeah, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't think twice about it. No, he just, when he goes, he goes. Yeah. Where, like I said, that my females, once they get out to about 
300, they start looking to come back. They might go a little farther, but they start looking to come back. So even, even before coyotes get in, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But anyway, like I said, I don't know if it's a female thing or not. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot smarter guys out there that would know. Uh, but I was hoping you'd be that guy. <laughs> well, I know like with fem- like as far as females, like for me, at least with like in the hound dog thing, it seemed like they'd catch on a heck of a lot quicker than a male dog would. Okay. Huh. It just seemed like you get a female going pretty good at, you know, up to like a year earlier than it seemed like I'd, I was always waiting on a male or something. And I'd always give a male till at least like two years old, uh-huh. two, three years old to get going. And you felt like the females within year, year and a half were rolling up. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Uh, uh, I've always kind of been part of females just with my old bird dogs and everything. Well, see, and that's the thing too is with, uh, with the, with decoy dogs, I've preferred the females so far. Now, you know, this, this rip dog that I've got now, he's doing awesome. And he caught on a little quicker than Skade, my female that I've got now. Um, but, and they're, they're what, three months apart, two or three months apart. But, um, he, he caught on a little quicker. Um, but, uh, but I've always, I've liked the females a little bit better. I just feel like they're a little bit more loyal, um, and a little bit, you know, hold a little bit closer and look to please you a little bit more. Yeah. And the males to me have always been a, a little more hard headed. Yeah. Big time. Not a little more. I I feel big time more hard headed. <laughs> yeah. That's I think I'm about the one that likes my male dog. Oh, really? Of course he's my best buddy. Me yeah. and he don't seem like he gives two cents about anybody else. Yeah. Well and uh that's that's what I tell people all the time. My dogs aren't pets and they don't you know, they yeah. don't look for me to pet them. But you, you come to my house and try to pet my dogs, you better have your running shoes on because they're <laughs> they're they're not just going to come sit at your feet and beg to be pat on the head. You know what I mean? You're going to have to yep. do a little chasing to go to go uh get them pet and whatnot. Is your dog a house dog? Oh no. He comes well, not really. I guess he comes in at night, but he's kenneled at night and then he's out in the dog run during the day. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't get free roam of the house. Yeah. Well, and that was question i had because uh when i was talking to was it joey i think it was joey hartley when i was talking to him you know he mentioned that you know his dogs are inside dogs and you know just some differences there but um in in my philosophy is but uh because i'm an outside dog guy i just i'm not gonna let them in the house but um but i was just curious if if uh you thought that maybe territorial wise and decoy wise and command wise, you know, like you said, your dog's your buddy and goes everywhere with you. If uh, keeping them in the house, you felt was advantageous to the to your goals. Yeah, and like you know, I pretty much for hunt dogs, I like them to stay outside as much as possible, mm-hmm. just for the fact that if you're out and about and you lose them out overnight or whatever, they're at least you know, conditioned for it or whatever, where they could survive the night rather than being used to sleeping inside where it's warm all night. Yeah. Like you said, especially with hound dogs, you could lose a hound dog for five, six, eight days. If they, yeah, I've lost, I've lost a few for a couple of days before. Yeah. Did, um, so what kind of, let's, let's talk, uh, 
let's talk. Uh, what are you using? What are you shooting right now? Uh, right now, I'm actually shooting a 243 that I just got maybe a month ago. Okay. But up until that, I was uh, AR 223. Okay. That I've been shooting for the last six years. Yeah. Uh, so I went. I I have a AR 223 as well. Um, but I'm shooting a lot a 6 mm Creed right now too. You know, a bolt action 6 mm Creed, which is basically 243, uh, a little more powder behind it, but. Uh, what grain of bullet are you shooting? I'm shooting a 75. Yeah. Right now, just a, a grain V Max, and I've only shot two different types of ammo through it. But that day I went out to the range with it. It was shooting those pretty darn good. So yeah, that's what I got now. So did you step up to the 243 just so you could get a little farther out there, a little, a little more poke in your range, or yeah. what? Because uh, because right? yeah, just more range and a little more knockdown yeah because right now you then, you really don't need it right because right now you're no. trying to get that guy killed at 20 yards but uh but um which you know 223 shoot a 22 mag will do that if you're good enough but um but i think it's important to start using what you're going to use now all, so that in what you're going to use in the winter, start using it now just so you're comfortable with the sucker, <laughs> uh, which is why yeah, I'm shooting my 6mm Creed right now. Right. Yeah, my buddy that I hunt with in competitions, one of my partners, that's what he's shooting is that 6 Creed, and it's a pretty impressive little round so far from what I've seen of it. Yeah, I'm shooting the 103 ELDX match, uh, Hornady out of it, and you know, it's not going to be fur-friendly, but again, I'm shooting them at... 25 yards right now you know what i mean nothing's yeah. going to be real fur friendly right now at 25 yards yeah his hasn't been friendly at all but when we're tournament hunting as long as they go down we really don't care right yeah because most tournaments you have to turn the coyotes in anyway but yeah but uh but i think you know they they make that horn of d 87 grain i want to say it's an 87 I, I think that's what i'm gonna um try to get get into loading is that uh, Hornady 87 degree or 87 grain VMAX and and try that? I've seen a lot of good reports on that. Yeah. But um, so you're gonna try to breed your 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 kelpies and see what you get for pups, or or are you going to? Uh, or you, did you pick up this female just because that's what was available and you liked her? Uh, if. If she turns out and they both turn out, I might, but like, I've always had just like a philosophy as far as I won't breed a set of dogs unless I want a pup out of there. Yeah. Unless it's working. So, yeah. I, so, you know, we'll see yeah. what happens here in the next couple of years yeah. with them. Yeah. What, um, do you like hunting two dogs better than one or, or are you or did you really like having one and now this the hunting two is a little bit different to you uh to me it doesn't seem like it's a whole lot different just because she's really not doing a whole lot yet right but i was just kind of thinking you know for backup or whatever because last year the first stand that had some good working coyotes last year with him it was just me and him and we ended up having four coyotes come in on him and yeah 
I mean, this was the day he really clicked last year, and he just was kind of spinning circles, didn't really know what to do with him. Right. Come back to me, and uh, so and I and then after that, I couldn't really get him to range out, you know, towards them poor coyotes again, and so I ended up shooting a male off that group and kind of got him riled up and shook it around and drug it around for him and got him excited about it and is I don't know what two three stands later we're sitting there and we're calling and all of a sudden I watched him he took off down the hill and look up and he ended up running that coyote out of the country and a couple stands after that he ended up working a female and that's just kind of when it seemed like he clicked when he ran that one out of the country yeah and see that's why that's why I'm okay with him running one out of the country every now and then I think that's almost as much validation to him um as as being able to chew on a dead one um yeah because they feel like they did their job their territorial sense kicked in there um and so I'm okay running one out of the country every now and then yeah, because, yeah, then after he ran that one out of the country, we called in another one, and he ended up working that one pretty good for, oh, about 20 minutes. It was pretty warm that day, and we just figured we'd try one last stand. So by the end of it, he was pretty burned out, but yeah, he did pretty good on that one, and ever since then, he's done pretty darn good. Yeah. So really, would you say you you mainly hunted with one dog, or were you always trying to throw one or two dogs in with your your uh, with your kelpie, um, just trying to have a second dog? It's mainly just been the one dog. Yeah. I had another pup there for a while that he didn't work out, but I almost kind of think that it seemed like when he has another dog with him, it almost gives him a little more confidence too. Yeah, I think so. But I've always said that. Uh, when you start out decoying, start with one dog and, and make that dog, you know, a decent dog, at least a couple of years, you know, um, yeah. now a lot of times, like you said, it, it might've taken two or three years for a dog to really flip the switch and, and come on. But, um, but I would say at least you at least need to go through one solid season, but, but ideally it'd be two solid seasons of decoying a single dog. Now, yeah. and I'm not talking about once a month going out. I'm talking about minimum every other week, if not every week, you know, all through from from about March till August. Um, and make that first one a good one because you're going to learn a lot. They're going to learn a lot. And then throw a second dog in the mix. Well, that's – so what I even noticed was that first year when we got that dog from that guy from the next town over – it seemed like we couldn't call in a coyote to save our life. Just, I don't like, we were like, I don't know if they migrate or what, you know, we were really confused, but yeah. over the years we found a lot better spots where we consistently, you know, finding the pairs and whatnot. But sure. when we first were trying, we were having a heck of a time with the spring, the springtime calling. Well, and, and I just th- being winter calling. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of guys get discouraged too. When I, I sold a pup to a guy up here in Boise that, um, that next year, so the pup would have been about a year and a half when he was going. He called me and said, "Hey, I'm, I'm. What do I need to do here? I'm, I'm not seeing any coyotes. I'm not, you know, we're going out all the time. This is kind of what we're doing on stand and yada yada." And, and I just told him, I said, "Look, honestly, you're probably not in the the, the spots that they're that they're denning up, and even if you are, maybe you're just not close enough to the den." Um, yeah. So go out and howl, go out and try to locate, 
you know what I mean? Um, you can't just go sit your butt in the sagebrush or in the dirt or in the grass or wherever you're at and expect there to be a coyote there. Yes, coyotes are everywhere, especially out here in, well, in the U.S., right? I mean, they're one of the most adaptable um, animals there are. But you can't just sit your butt in the dirt and expect something to come in um, everywhere you go. Yeah, especially in the springtime. Yeah. Wintertime, you get to wandering, it seems like to me, quite a bit more, and you'll catch them out on big flats or yep. call them in kind of places. But I've definitely figured that with spring and summertime, you got your spots that are, where you might call them in in the winter, but you won't even hear them there in the spring. Yeah, well, and during the winter, you know, the pups are kind of looking for their territories. They're trying to figure out where the best places to hunt are, um, you know, Maybe they're having to dig under snow. So like I said, you see them out in the flats a little bit to where it's it's a little easier for them to travel and whatnot. Um, but, but yeah, it's winter and, and uh, summer, de- summer coyote hunting are completely different. You really have to read an area better, in my opinion, from, from March to August. Yeah, but I think when you get the spring and summertime figured out, to me it seems like it's a lot easier to call in coyotes. In the winter. Once you- yeah. No, it's easier in the spring and summer for me. Oh, oh, to yeah. Well, but you have to get in on them. Like, yeah. like you said, they they probably aren't as spread out as much. But you, once you figure out where they're at, it's way easier because you're in their territory. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I that's this morning when I ended up seeing ten coyotes just this morning. Yeah, yeah, ten coyotes just this morning. And what's your weather like right now? Uh, right now it's raining. Yeah. So it's it it, pre-storm, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, were they coming, what sounds were they coming into? Um, the, oh, what is that one called? Sig three is what I was having good luck on with the lucky duck this morning. So it's a fight. Like everything was coming. That's a domestic dog and a, and a pup, uh, fight or distress. So you're running Lucky Duck, that is what that tells me. That's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you start with any howls? Give, give me an idea of your uh, typical summer sequence. I usually just start off with a pair howl and then usually go to that SIG 3 or just kind of some kind of a mild pup distress. And then yeah. and most time it seems like they're usually at least within view by then and then that's not working then i'll start rolling into some you know like uh heavier fights or something like that yeah see and i so i run i i've got both the lucky duck uh roughneck and i've got the um foxboro uh x24 so it just depends on what i'm using you know that day or whatever but right now well up until about right now you know i'm starting off with a with a uh, like a dominant male howl and boy, I've had some come in even before I do anything else, um, just for about you know minute, minute and a half. But then I've been turning on turning on one of those um, um, you know pup fights, not just a distress, but like a like a older coyote. Like it's kind of like that sig, you know, kicking as um, just a an older dog whooping up on a little pup, right? Well, yeah. here, here pretty quick, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to start my, my sequence. I'm going to start with like a, like a mother and, and pup howls 
Um, and in years past, again, that's kind of been like the, the, the howl that I've been using right now is that, uh, that will bring in coyotes alone before you even have to go into distress or anything like that. So, but, um, it's situational, obviously. Now, if, if we're talking one o'clock in the afternoon, which you're hunting one o'clock in the afternoon during the summer, you're crazy just because it's so dang hot, but <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, after about 10 o'clock, I kind of slow down, slow up on the house and just do pup distresses, but is that is that similar to what you do, or do you change it up during the summer at all, or do you just kind of have your sequence that works and your role? I just kind of go through the normal sequence, and you know, just for the most part, for me, if I can get them, it seems like for me, if I can get them to howl within a reasonable distance, I can get them to come. Yeah, yeah. At least that's how it's been these last couple seasons. Um, and you're pretty wide open country, like like I am. I mean, you're Wyoming, right? So you a lot of times yeah. you can see well, four miles on a stand, right? I mean, usually mile, but yeah, quite a few of them. Yeah. Last well, today, that, that dog of mine, he was getting out there 900 yards, and I was watching him just watching the show through my binoculars. Yeah. And that's so I I uh, I don't remember which Facebook group. But this is years ago that. You know, it's on a, it wasn't on a decoy. It wasn't on our Facebook decoy dogger side. It was on another predator hunting side or whatever. They were talking about binoculars and there was guys on there commenting that they would never take binoculars on stand, yada, yada. They don't need. And those are even some guys that are out here in the West, right? I'm thinking, yeah, are you kidding me? There's been so many times now there has by admission, there's been times I'm looking through the binoculars trying to scan out there 800 yards, and I'll have one slip in under underneath me, and all of a sudden he's at 50 yards. You know what I mean? And I don't see him until I just see a flash, and he's already boogieing out of there. But there's been so many times a coyote will sit down in the brush or the grass or, you know, whatever, and you can't see him with the naked eye. Yep. And especially— I had a couple like that yeah, and especially decoying, I mean, that, that action could be a long ways out there. Are you videoing hunts? Uh, I try a little bit on my phone. Actually, that was one, something I was going to look into just for fun was maybe a camera here one of these days. Yeah. And so I think a camera has taught me to be more patient when I shoot. You know what I mean? That you, I, yeah. I want that action on camera, and and maybe that's a good tip. Anybody that's uh, starting decoying, and maybe they have a year and a half old dog, and yada yada. Don't get behind the gun. Get behind the camera. Get get some good footage on camera, and then shoot. You know, down the road. But but just make a commitment to get, I don't know, four good pushes. You know, the coyote comes in, dog pushes out. Coyote comes in, dog pushes out. Maybe get four before on camera before you even get behind the gun type deal. You know what I mean? Yep. That's like usually when I go out, like I said, I have no intentions that I really even pulling the trigger. Right. But you know, by I, all means, we still take a gun. <laughs> yeah. Still take the gun and just don't plan on pulling the trigger. So when you take somebody else, uh, do you are you a little bit different? Do you let them shoot a little bit quicker or... Do you have rules behind when they can shoot? Yeah, I've only actually ever taken just a few people, but and most time when I take somebody, 
and like if I know they're going to want to shoot, I go as far away from my hunting grounds as I can. Oh yeah. Cause just, you know, we'll go down further south or whatever, just. Well, but, yeah. I, but usually, you know, a lot of the stuff I've been calling lately is a lot of the stuff I like to run on tournaments too. So oh, yeah. that's why I just, I'll see you later. Yeah. Yeah. Save them for, for the contest. Well, and that's yeah. it, that you make a good point about, you know, if you take somebody else, I usually, if I take somebody new, I go to an area that I either very rarely been to or have never been to because then yep, I, I do don't, I don't feel like they're stealing my spot. If I see them back there again, I feel like they yep. have as much right to it as I do because we found it together type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because yeah, there's the worst thing in the world is showing up somewhere, you know, taking somebody and then showing up and, and they're out there with their buddy, uh, another, time. Yeah. but anyway, well, yeah, man, my Kyle thoughts are pretty precious. <laughs> well, so you're you're fairly close to well, I I don't know about fairly close, but is Rollins still doing the the worlds in Rollins? Uh, they do nationals out of Rollins. Or they not actually nationals. just picked that That's up right. a couple of years. You say that one more time. And they just actually picked that up the last couple of years where they started to back up. Yeah, because during COVID they shut it down, didn't they? And I think it's run by somebody different now too, isn't it? Yeah, the the best of the best is part of it Okay. now. And I think this year it sounds like they're going to do things a little different than they have been. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do there. But Yeah. With with that on the contest, do you like the 5-5 five and five structure or do you, do you like the most coyotes takes it? Uh, either way, I mean... Either way, I'm out there for the most coyotes, anyways. But right. the five five kind of makes a little, a little more fair to me. But then, I mean, if they wanted to go, you know, with the most coyotes, I mean, that's just what you got to do then. Well, so when you say I the don't most, really have a preference on it. Yeah. So when you say it makes it more fair, are you saying because the those last five have to be within a certain area so you can get them back quick? Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, well, sometimes, yeah, because they have the time five and five, and then they have the their for our state event that they used to have. It used to just be the heaviest five and five. Oh, oh, I did hear about that. And there's even a yeah, which I do the lightest five and five. Well, that's yeah. They uh, not this past nationals, but the one before. Uh, after the first day, they did a coin flip to see uh, if it went lighter or heavier uh-huh. for tiebreakers, and it went lighter. So we got second by two tenths of a pound. We were wow. heavier than the team that. Wow. Which I don't. It was kind of a. It was a late season hunt and a little tough calling, but. But I mean that's just how it works. You could have yeah. went either way on that one. So here's my problem with the weight, right? The weight is. Uh, you don't know how heavy that coyote's going to be coming in. Um, I mean, shoot, you could get into an area where all you're going to kill is pups. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I have my opinions on the weight deal. I'd rather go off time. You know what I mean? You get in, if your yeah. check-in's at 6 and you get there at 5.30 and the next guy gets there at 5.35 and you end up with the same amount of coyotes, I like that tiebreaker better than, better than weight. But Yeah, and 
Yeah, and it kind of keeps everybody close that second day. Right. Where they're kind of having to hunt the same areas. Yeah, well, and that's why I say that's why I think that your comment about, you know, it's more fair or whatever on the five and five, because that second day, you kill five coyotes and you have to be, you know, first one back wins with their, their five coyotes for that day. Um, so yeah. like you said, you can't get the guys who jump in an airplane and fly to who knows where, or the guys that, you know, that, uh, have a, a ranch saved out in the middle of, you know, who knows where, and they can just kill a hundred coyotes out there. But, uh, but anyway, just makes yeah, it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And like the rules, you know, the rules are the rules. And it's just for me, it's like, I'll, I'll hunt them, you know, no matter what the rules are, just cause I enjoy the competition and whatnot. And, yeah. Well, that's you know, what I'd say too, is stuff, so. if you don't like the rules, run your own competition then, you know, here's yeah. the rules. This is the, what you, if you want to be involved, either abide by them or don't, uh, if you don't like them, yeah. just go make your own. But anyway, anyway. Well, man, appreciate it. Anything else? Any other uh, two bits that that uh, you think would be beneficial to somebody starting out uh, or looking to get into decoy dogging? Well, I was just curious on how many other guys, you know, one day they're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's my dog. My dog's doing awesome. And some days or other guys like, man, do I really feed that knucklehead? Yeah, right. Well, and I've, I've even had that too. I I had a, <laughs> I had a dog that his name was Dodger. I talked about him on one of the other podcasts, but at eight months old, he got bit by a big male. I mean, a big male that was wounded, right? Um, had, a, yep. had a, hit a bad shot, I think in the back on the spine or I don't remember, but anyway, he was a fighter and, and my, my Coda dog, my female just couldn't get him. You know what I mean? He was fighting so hard that, that, uh, couldn't get in there. Well, this little Dodger pup, he, uh, at the time he was eight, had a good start on him. He was doing great. He gets out there and he gets bit and bit hard by this big male. And uh, it shut him down for six, seven months. And it, it got to the point where I, that was my thought too. I thought, man, am I wasting my time on this bugger? But then at about 15 months, boy, he turned it. And he just, he became an, an awesome decoy dog, just a hard dog. And they became a really good team because he would, um, he would kind of come at a wounded coyote from the back and it'd let my coated dog, you know, get to the throat, you know, on a wounded one. But, um, yeah. anyway, but I, th- I think that's like you said, even with your dog, right. Took him a couple of years to turn the switch. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of times you wanted to give up on him, wasn't there? Well, it was not necessarily even give up on him. It was just one day he'd do real good. And some days he's just off there doing knucklehead things. I could almost probably do a whole podcast on bloopers of me and Howie. <laughs> right. <laughs> which which I think a lot of guys would probably appreciate and enjoy just because it gives a, uh, a trial and error side to this thing, right? I mean, they... Yeah, they, a lot of trial and error. Yeah, they, you know, because what uh, what all of us are, are showing, well, I shouldn't say all of us, but what a lot of us are showing on whether it's YouTube or the clips we took on our phone or whatever, we're showing off, right? We're showing off. <laughs> we're yep. showing the the good the good things and, and hiding the bad things, right? It might have taken, who knows, it might have taken 40 stands to get that good of a, a clip, right? 
yeah. um, 40 stands and 30 coyotes or whatever. But, um, but you're right. I mean, cause there's been times where I've just wanted to, I'd, I'd almost rather just put my crosshairs on my dog, you know, cause he just ran it off and wouldn't let it come in more than, than 400 yards or, you know what I mean? We never see that. Oh, I had, yeah, I had a pair come in last year and they come up to about 30, 40 yards and stopped right there. Didn't make a noise. I turned around and my dog's rolling in a cow pie back yeah. behind me. Yeah. And, and then just... even, even today he went off, there was no coyotes on this stand, but he's rolling in a cow pie. <laughs> so I hollered at him, got him up there, you know, to come kind of sit by me and pay a little, pay some attention. And he shook his head and I got splattered right inside the face with some. <laughs> so it sounds like but... it's fresh cow pie then. <laughs> Yeah, he he likes his he likes his freshies. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. But he did do some good work today too. So. Yeah. Well, and so I had a a female that boy, it, it, we'd sit down and she'd want pet, and that just frustrates the crap out of me. And that's why I don't like my dogs to be pets because when I sit down on stand, we're there to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there were times where I mean, I just I couldn't get her to get away from me, but. She was an excellent decoy dog. Once the coyotes were in, you know, once they, if they were in 400 yards and made a, a peep, boy, she was a good one to have on stand. But up until that point, man, she'd frustrate me before the coyotes come in. <laughs> I just, I don't know. But anyway, so it's, it is funny that you say that there's a lot of us in. A lot of frustration. A lot of frustration. Days. You're dealing with an animal. You're dealing with an animal, and that's what people don't understand, is that uh, that it's not ever going to be perfect all the time. We we you see the the perfection, you know, on YouTube or or whatever. But you're right. There's a lot of trial and error. What's the biggest thing that frustrated you getting into decoy dogging? Well, just mainly, for the most part, probably him not paying attention. Like them ones, you know, they'd come up 30, 40 yards and be standing there and him not having a clue that they were there. Yeah. Well, so were you trying to get him to pay attention the whole time you're on stand? Or was it just when the coyote popped up, you realized he was dinking off and and not paying attention? Yeah, pretty much. Because, yeah. I mean, I just kind of let him roam and do whatever and yeah. while we're on stand and just but see, had that's quite okay. a few times there with, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's okay because he eventually, it sounds like he, he well, he was even doing it today, but I think uh, he's probably gotten to the point where he at least understands that, well, when, when, when I hear Eric say, it's time to go to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, and even today, have that one pair that come in, and I mean, they're out there probably 300 yards and started barking, and he immediately perked up and he went to them. Right. When he does something like that, and does good. It really makes up for the for the frustration for the cow flight, cow pie flipping. Well, th- this was <laughs> after that stand. Oh, so <laughs> so so he's on actually the... he's he's still out in the box because he's going to go get a bath here before long. <laughs> That's funny. Huh. Well, man, I appreciate you joining us on the podcast. It's uh. Yeah, good conversation. We need to meet up. You know, I I actually had to go to uh, to uh, Laramie, what three weeks ago or so, and I thought, man, I ought to get a hold of Eric and go that way and just uh, just to meet up with you. 
but it was a fast and yeah. furious trip. So. No one ever. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of country between here and there that's all public and well, that, out there somewhere. That's a great thing about the states we live in, isn't it? I mean, I'd yeah. love to own hundred thousand acres of my own, but it is really nice having uh, between state BLM and forest ground to, to go out on. But yeah, that's today. I mean, I went probably. 70 mile round trip this morning and was all on public land yeah. 70 80 miles well man keep out there keep killing coyotes uh but uh otherwise we'll see you down the road all right sure appreciate it all right thanks man yeah thank you i'd like to thank eric for joining us on the podcast uh today uh if you want to reach out to him he's on facebook he's in our uh, decoy doggers facebook group he's got uh He's got a lot of uh, experience, and uh, like he talked about with some bloopers, uh, he's got some funny stories we visited with a little bit after we recorded. Uh, but anyway, I want to appreciate him for joining us on the podcast. If uh, you have uh, questions or comments, please get a hold of me on the on the on Facebook. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram. Out cold Idaho is my Instagram, or uh, Facebook. Uh, it's Homer Janes J Y N as in Nancy. I have to tell people that all the time just because uh, obviously it sounds like like Jesse James, right, with an M. But mine is J-A-Y-N as in Nancy. Yes, but hit me up. Um, I'll definitely take questions and uh, try to answer them on the podcast for you guys and, and uh, get some more knowledgeable people than I on the podcast, which we've already had, as you can tell. Um, and we'll see if they can answer them for us too. So, uh, again, get a hold of us on get a hold of me on the uh, Facebook group Decoy Doggers, uh, or uh, message me personally at Homer Janes J A Y N E S, and uh, love to visit with you. Thanks and uh, good luck out there. Kill a lot of coyotes. Good dogs.